Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. I am Boyd Hilton. Sidekick Psychic Josh is here, although he is five minutes late. Where the f*** have you been? I was busy celebrating Dermot's good news. Oh, yeah. uh, That's where I was. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, shout out to TV's Dermot O'Leary, my season ticket buddy, who is having his first child. Congratulations. I mean, he isn't. His lovely wife, Dee, is having her first, their first child, but it's very exciting, yeah. I imagine Arsenal will be sending the Arsenal baby grow, the Arsenal junior kit, every single... yeah. Kitty bit of equipment yeah. from the armory store is heading his way. Yeah, and if he's, and not called, so. if he's a boy and he's not called Liam, I'll be furious, frankly. Name after oh. Arsenal's great. Interesting. Player. Get the betting markets open on it. Yeah, I mean, because Irish, I would bet, put full bet on Liam Brady because he's an Irish player and Dermot's Irish, obviously. And he, I know we've met Liam Brady. We were there together and he's yeah. a great man. And I think he has an awareness of how good Liam Brady was. So, yeah. I mean, you know, it's just early, early steer. Well, it's most direct female equivalent of Liam. David could work, actually, as well. David, yeah. you're right. Yeah, I think he's a big fan of David O'Leary. Yeah. Yeah. That is the voice of Graham Goodkind who joins us. Um, what should we call you? PR Guru, I'm calling you. I like that one. Yeah, yeah. carry on with that. Yeah. PR Guru. And we're joined by Dan Roebuck, a voice of Arsenal. Yes. Among other things. Correct. I used Very to say true. the voice. I know. I've changed that, it. That completely. Because you're so modest. Yeah, that's you're definitely a voice of art. Yes, yeah, and there are there are multiple voices. Yeah. I am one of them. That's very true. And you were at Burnley yesterday. I was really commentating yesterday. on said game. Yes, I was for Arsenal's um, Arsenal Nation show and service. Yeah, it was uh, an interesting trip to Burnley, as it always is. <laughs> they they sit us on the the sort of row next to the. I mean, Burnley's an old fashioned ground turf, more as you would imagine. So. The, the press seats at the back of the main stand are basically just an extra line of, of regular seats and we are right next to the fans. So when I'm sort of getting excited about Arsenal players having opportunities, it's fairly deathly silence in front of me and I might get a bit excited. Oh and I I had various sort of Burnley fans turning around to me and giving me a little bit of stick throughout the game. Yeah, they didn't hold back, do they, Burnley no, fans? They I don't. mean, you can't, I guess you, you can't don't. blame them, but they, they were, they I mean, they vociferously booing yeah. every single thing. They were booing... Um, uh, David Louise. David Louise from the for, start, which is because he, he... He said something when he was at Chelsea. Yeah, he said so they were not football. Anti-football. Anti-football, that's yeah. it. Yeah, so I, I didn't know this at the time. No, me neither. This, yeah, I, I, we, we said, why is he booing? We got yeah. some emails in saying, yeah. this is the reason. Well, I googled why. it. And well, they're brought it. up like that in Burnley anyway. Well, I mean... Talk to boo everything from an early age. <laughs> they are. Yeah. I mean, it's effective because it creates quite, a, quite an intimidating atmosphere, I think. But I think you went... I mean, it goes slightly too far when they're booing yeah. our young 18-year-old, yeah. you know test trial fullback when he's genuinely injured and has to go off. But anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get... So we should talk about the game. My, my initial thought was... Um, I like to start with my pompous initial thought. Was this is the first time in the um, Arteta era that I felt it was slightly gone wrong. And I felt like from the team selection through to the tactics... 
Um, particularly mainly the team selection, to be honest. Like, I, I feel like every team selection Arteta's made so far since he's arrived, I've completely agreed with. I mean, I'm sure Mikel's very pleasantly surprised that I agree with his team selection. I'm probably furious that I don't agree with this one. But to me, you pick, when he's picking, he's not picking Torreira. He picked Guendouzi over Torreira because Guendouzi had a good game in the cup and he dropped Pepe and to incorporate Martinelli and Aubameyang and Lacazette and Ozil, I felt that didn't go well. Joshua, you So you, I'm just clarifying, you'd have yeah. gone Torreira. Yep. And Never pick Guendouzi over Torreira. That's yeah, my and opinion. you'd have gone Pepe instead of... I would have gone Pepe instead of Lacazette, I think. Right. I mean, I, I've yeah. been defending Lacazette. Yeah. But I think finally... I mean, actually, that's slightly wise after the event. I would say definitely after yesterday's game. I think yesterday's game was think, for the first all-round disappointing performance from Lacazette. I think, you know, his, his, his lack of goals yeah. has been... He's, he's without goal in eight now. He's, right, he's which he hasn't long, scored he's, away he's, since yeah. last February. Yeah, yeah he's, right. he's, he's very away. much a homer in that sense. And he's, he's, I think he's worse running Arsenal because he's about... Is no goals in nine. So. Right. But I think up till now, I felt like even not scoring, he's been playing decently, to sometimes playing well, you know, very. But I think yesterday it felt like a, a noticeable dip. Oh, he he missed that, that chance earlier, right. didn't he? Yeah, the right. So he had that header, which he absolutely <coughs> should have scored, 100% should have scored. And I felt like, what chance to make, you know, what difference that makes, isn't it? That moment. You know, that's like that's 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 the game. I mean, one for me when you when if you score in the first whatever it was eight minutes with an easy header, and he completely didn't go anywhere near. It's it. got to be confidence like, with him because so yeah, he, but, like is a is a very very good player, and I you know I still believe in him. But yeah. he's just, he gives Arsenal balance. Yeah, and he works. I think he works hard. I mean, he's just he's uh, just going through one of those horrendous spells that strikers go through. But to go back to the team selection a second. Don't you think we said we said this a little bit in the last podcast? We talked about how you know because because um, um, uh, our play our forward player Martinelli particularly played so well, mm. you know, in the last few games that he had to incorporate him in in the team in the league in this league lineup. So then, and I feel like he's being loyal to like to Özil and Lacazette. Do you feel that when you saw that line, do you think okay, that's fine, or did you have question marks? I mean, the t- the, the interesting, obviously, uh, Aubameyang coming off a ban. He comes. He's your top yeah. goal scorer. He comes back in, doesn't he? I think. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um. And then what do you do with everybody else around it? Martinelli's been better on the left hand side. The combination of Martinelli and Saka has been excellent, isn't it? Yeah. They, they 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 play for each other. A lot of energy. A lot of covering. And that actually includes Xhaka as well. When when Saka goes forward, Xhaka fills it. Xhaka fills place, it. I mean, yeah. that's been so pronounced, hasn't it? Since yeah. Arteta has come. Yeah. Uh, and that was a real issue, I think, under under Unai Emery, the sort of lack of cover. Um. And then, so so how do you... And, and then Aubameyang, whenever I've seen him on the right, which has been only a few occasions, he's not really performed as well. So who do you shift across? So, I mean, maybe Mikkel did get it wrong for this one. Um, it, it didn't seem as natural as the other ones because there were there were too many little, smaller changes. That yeah, didn't so I think you can have... You can have um, it, it is, it's, a, it's a challenge, isn't it, to incorporate... I felt like, you know, it was a, one of the many things that Emery didn't get right. He never worked out how to incorporate... Our forwards mm. into a coherent, but I think I felt like Arteta. I mean, I know we've scored fewer goals. I think we've had fewer shots um, under Arteta than we did even under Emery. But we'll go on to that. He's fix, he's fixing the defence, which I think is the most important issue. But we still he still had a fairly potent attack up until you know, in terms of like he has that five, doesn't he? Kind of sweeping forward across the line. It feels like he's he's working out a way to incorporate all these players. But yesterday felt like it wasn't. But he's unlucky, isn't he? Because we lost Saka. And I felt like until that point, we started well. I mean, first 10, 15 yep. minutes, we lost Saka. And I felt like... Well, Burnley, to be fair, changed it, didn't they? They changed and it as well. It was documented and highlighted at the time when I was watching the game, but also much of it yeah. too with the analysis they did about the pockets of space that I was always finding and the midfield pressing to it. And they just solved it, Burnley. And after they solved it, 25 minutes in... Mm-hmm. Apart from what you say, Aubameyang's chance, and then the header in the second wide and the header, yeah, and that they was were it. probably. The, I mean, Burnley that was did it. deserve to win. That was one of the few games under Arteta where I actually thought we got pretty lucky. More than we deserved. Mm. Yeah, yeah Alan Scott, The other ones I thought have been we were a bit unlucky against Chelsea when we lost, but the rest he was. We were there or thereabouts. This one we should have lost, and that one they hit the bar and then. Yeah, I mean, how that one I mean, did not you know, score. I mean, yeah. we, we we got lucky. You didn't mention Mustafi. I thought you were gonna in one of the. Substitutions or things yeah. that have changed. You haven't mentioned Mustafi. Oh no, I mean Mustafi. Yeah, we were surpri- it was surprising Mustafi mainly because because he seemed to have been quite heavily injured and he miraculously came on. He was one of he was probably our man of the match, wasn't yeah. he? I mean he had, he a, really, he had yeah. a really good game. Well, I I don't mind him if he's up against someone like Chris Wood. Chris Wood, yeah. right? L- l- like a no nonsense. He can get tight to him. He, he knows that he's not going to get turned. He's not going to be involved in a foot race. I mean, one of his best ever games was when he played against Diego Costa. At, 
Emirates and, and Arsenal won three 0 a few years, and and he was brilliant against Costa because he knows what you're going to get. You're going to yep. get a battle, and he's up for it. Mm. It's when it's a different type of striker, he might struggle a little bit. I mean, his distribution is a bit on and off, as we know. But I think up against Chris Wood or or, or players of that ilk, and actually Barnes didn't play us today, but he, no. he's he's not the worst. I don't think. against the tricky players who are yeah. going to turn quite. And there are more of them than there in are the Chris Premier Woods. League than yeah. there are the sort of Chris Woods. Yeah, you knew exactly what you were getting. There was no. It was going to be Rodriguez and Wood. Yeah. There was no two ways about it. Bit of a re- like recovery from Mustafi from you know being left out the eighteen to then being on the bench and now oh completely you know, yeah I mean, it's incredible I mean I'll, I'll is have... he ahead of Socrates do you think well I wonder well, I whether don't, I, don't well. I, I don't know why Socrates is now out of favour with uh, Arteta well, it's just this game though isn't it I mean there's yeah, a couple I of things I felt like maybe he was trying stuff out a bit in this game because both in not in, in picking in not picking Socrates and in not picking Pepe and picking mm. and incorporating that front line I'm wonder like I. I saw someone on Twitter going, "Oh, you know, every, all the all the main managers have an issue with Pepe, clearly, but he's been playing Pepe regularly until yesterday." Yeah, and um, and then you could see a logical reason why he wanted Martinelli. He had, you know, because Martinelli absolutely played himself into the team. Yeah, and and I felt like he and he's being loyal to Urza. We'll, we'll get onto that later. So that's why I felt he dropped Pepe. No, I don't think he dropped. Pepe. I think not bringing him on was weird. Didn't you think? Like, yeah, I thought he might come on at some stage. Yeah, because um, we definitely lacked. A kind of threat, and we, yeah. we for me, like he had exactly what we lacked, like some kind of dribbling wide um, threat. Yeah, and he, and he's you know he's, he he doesn't shirk a challenge. He's quite happy to sort of go shoulder to shoulder and put his body on the line. I don't think he's a, he's a player that that you, you know ducks away from stuff. Absolutely, you know? and he's been very positive when he has yeah. come on. Yeah, he's made mistakes and given the ball away, but he's you know been yeah. positive and, and gone forward. Yeah, it was a surprise to see him left on the bench. It was Eddie who got thrown on. Yeah, yeah later on. Yeah, it was weird, wasn't it? But just to go back to your um, thing about Mustafi and and Jacob playing. So the, I've got in the stat zone, mm. which I which I have got. Um, I have this. We're play- not sponsored by them, are we? No, no, no. I haven't no, missed I'm, that one. Okay. I think I'm fucking paying for it and everything. Um, but he's really helpful. You're open with to maybe stats. sponsor. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah, yeah, always open. Declaring Absolutely. that. Yeah. But they do have this play influence. Graphic where they show you know the size of the player's name shows you, and I'll just show you. He's got so Xhaka, our, our most influential players were Xhaka, Louise, Mustafi, and Bellerin. Quite, quite interestingly, well, it probably shows what half of the pitch well, was busier than the other half. There right? is that, but um, then you've got Aubameyang, all right, Torreira, all right, Torreira, quite big considering he only came on. You know, Can't imagine where this is going. Well, what he's going is you can barely see Ozil, I mean, it's imperceptible. I'll show you, you just can't find him. And I do feel like you know, come on, I feel like. Yes, they. You know, all the all the Özil fanboys, and there are many, many legion of them. You know, were furious with Emery, weren't they, for not for kind of dispensing with him seemingly. And then he then he brought him back into the fold, and they were like, "See, we told you so." And he kind of played all right in the first game, which I think was against some shit team. And then under Arteta's brought him in. And he, you know, for me, like I've always said, play best players. And he definitely is in theory one of our best players, and I've been supporting. The fact. But then yesterday, it crystallised for me the issue, which he just does not contribute enough, does he? So he's running around more, and he, he tackled, and you know, got booked, didn't he, yesterday? And yeah. but the contribution once, once as you say, Burnley changed their dealt with him, if you like. It was that. It was over. As a when's, when's the last time he made it a really meaningful contribution? I'm sorry, I'm not a fanboy. I mean, I. I can see his abilities, but for me, he's a player that was relevant in the team two, three years ago. And and actually, players like him have lost relevance. Again, that old-fashioned number 10, just I, I can't yeah, see fitting into I, our style, let alone the Premier League. I think days. I think the Premier League, you know, luxury players probably over-egging. Every single person has to contribute fully. Hmm. You know, there is no like, well, we just let him play. He can do what he wants. Liverpool don't have players like that. Manchester City don't have no. players like that. You can't have players that will only do it every now and then. I mean, I was always told that from a few ex-pros that, well, as long as he does it at some stage and gets us wins, we don't mind if he doesn't track back. I, I think that that era is probably gone. Now, I don't think he's played particularly badly. I mean, his assist total this season is pretty poor. I think he's got two in all comps. But um, He's lost away assist is like... Eons, yeah, isn't it? Just before quite. he signed his, his yeah. new contract. Mm. 76 assists in My issue with him is not, by the way, the hard work. I feel like... Partic- he's put, I think he's putting put a shift in. Yeah. Hard work is it's just, it's does mandatory, he, but it's yeah, a different does, does hard he, work. But he's yeah. having no impact on no, game. Hardly not. any impact. He had one lovely moment in the game yesterday where he kind of he kind of back-kicked it, back-flip back kick or something like that, and I was watching it with my mate, and he was like, oh, that's brilliant from us. And I was like, and that was it. It was like, it was like one or two amazing moments and then the rest of the time, and I feel like that's why that's why he's infuriating. Not be, ne, I think as soon as Arteta came, I felt like he was working hard, 
but it's just for for a creative play in that mold to create. So, but no one was creating that. No, much. I know, no. I know. We but created nothing as a team, really. I mean, that second but half. Look at, but players like Martinelli and and Zaka, you know, Martinelli was quiet. He was no, quiet. no, no. I know. I'm, talking, I'm talking generally in in, in recent yeah, times. The players who have actually given us assists and yeah. have created come come up with stuff are the young players like you know Pepe, Martinelli, yeah. Zaka. These are creating yeah. our chances. Yeah. Not Özil. I have to say, I play Willock every day ahead of Özil in that. I thought well, it was brilliant. Yeah. He came Bournemouth. on, he did well, didn't he? And and yeah. and had a bit it's more energy. energy. Here's that yeah. and more number time. Right. More carries the ball right. with them, goes on runs. I mean, he worked hard as well. And I'm not doubting Ozil works hard. So I'm now wondering, having you know, having said play your best players, I now I don't think Ozil is one of our best players. Now. I just don't think he's. Con- so I think for me, like, I agree with you. I would play mm. Willock over him, or certainly Pepe over him. The only thing you're going to get, I mean, with, with Willock and all the young players, you're going to get peaks and troughs. Mm. And if you play yeah. too, if you play too many young players, you are sure. liable to to occasionally the team's going to pull and get run over on the odd yeah. occasion. When Freddie's last game, yeah. he played. Like loads exactly. of but what is this season? I mean, it kind of this season for me is is almost pre-season for next season. So uh, why not? I mean, it's not you know. I've, There's I mean, an yeah, element yeah, of that, but you don't. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Once you're clear of that, then yeah. I'd love to. This should be a brilliant opportunity to give all these young players the chance. It's to see just it's just, just how many you play, I think, and, and when you yeah. play. I don't think you can go full Freddie and play them all. You, no. you know, and play them no. a lot. I think that was a mistake at the time. <laughs> There's still points to play for. There's, yeah. you know, because of the. the the condensed nature of that middle, whatever it is in the Premier League, mm. you've still got to think about finishing six or seven through yeah, Europa League or mm. whatever. Mm. However, you might get in. I know there's still FA Cup and Europa League, mm. but you, you can't give up on potentially what not seventh up, place but I, might I, be. I, I, to me, it's not giving up. To I, me it's, yeah, but it's, I think if you play, if you play too many young yeah, players, it's you are in pre-season mode. You're absolutely mm. right, and I don't think that's the right thing to do. Mm. Yeah, but I think, but playing, I, I, but I agree with playing Willock over Ozil right now. I just think he's gonna. I think he's probably gonna give you more. I think yeah. energy in terms of energy and running with the ball. He, as soon as he came on, he was like provided much more yeah, energy to me. I think Arteta's shown he likes it because he's the one that's always gets the opportunity to come off the bench Willock. and play. So yeah. it's not probably unthinkable that he is going to get a Premier League start in the next couple of games. It feels like that's coming. Did, it was weird, wasn't it? Ainsley Mate and Niles wasn't. Wasn't in the squad. In the squad. Yeah. Do we know why? Because I didn't see any... I haven't seen anyone asking about not, that. Not in injured for, for, no. for what I know. I mean, obviously, Cedric's come in as backup right back and I think Mikel has suggested that Ainsley isn't a right back and Ainsley himself in an interview this year has said, I want to play midfield. Yeah. Yeah. But he's done well in that position, hasn't he, up until when he's had to play? No? I think defensively he's still a bit short. Sure. Mm. I think he's he good on the ball. concentration yeah. quite frequently in, right. in, as a defender. You'd think his opportunities now are hugely limited. You know, if he's, will he get another game at right back this season? It'd be incredibly unlikely that Hector and Cedric are going to be out, even with the European games. He's not really going to Cedric's get injured. Though, Cedric yeah, but only for it? a couple of weeks. Yeah. I think by the time still, the Newcastle comes around that's again, that's an odd signing. That, right, sorry. we have to address that. Then we, it's an odd signing, isn't it? Not like what well, you got? No, have, it's not that odd. Really, you got like five million or whatever to spend. You no. get a you get a fullback in when. Southampton I mean, were laughing all the way to the bank. Yeah, they with, the, with did you read the story in the Athletics? Yeah. They were shocked and stunned. Yeah. <laughs> he went for, and the then first you, time that Arsenal have gone for a player that surprised. Uh, if it wasn't his, I saw when I saw the pictures of him, there was the figure of Kia Jorbachan yes. lurking to his right as he yeah. was signing a, a probably quite a nice sized contract for a short. But he's, he's out. He's out of contract in the summer. So right. if he does he's okay, you can pick him up for nothing. Exactly. Mm. But it does feel like a, this thing about this Jorbachan is interesting, isn't it? Like we're now in the in the situation where we're Buying players. Do you not? Th- but do you not think Cedric could work out as a second choice oh. right back? But but why would? You, but is that not, is that a, is that a kind of key issue for the team right now? Wouldn't you? I don't know. Would, you know. I just feels. I like mean, it's only recently that I felt that Hector is absolutely back up to speed, or at least sort of ninety eight, ninety nine percent. Because initially this season, way off the pace, sure. didn't he? Even the games he played in the Europa League. So I still think there might be a concern of playing him in every single game. So if you've got an experienced. Backup. I don't think that's a problem mm. between now and the end of the season. Wouldn't you go for a young, you know, yeah. young I mean, backup? Is, is Southampton's second choice? Yeah. And then it comes to us. Well, it, it, it's it's Southampton stats the stats were interesting because he didn't play at the start. He was on loan at Inter for for the back end of back end of last season and didn't really play that often. Yeah. And then when he played when when Southampton played at Emirates this season, he played, but it was only like his third or fourth game, and I, I, I wondered why at the time. But since then, he, he had he had been in pretty much every single game over the last two mm. months. Okay. Because there's a young young French fullback, I think Southampton, that got that uh, yeah. played occasionally and, and sort of. 
there's been in a, I mean, buying a, a Portuguese international in the mid-20s, oh, well, you know, it's, it's very low-risk uh, purchase. Okay. And, oh, and we don't if you look at every other club, they've got a better like <laughs> second-choice right-back option. We don't have... We've got, we got Maitland-Niles, who's publicly saying, I don't want to play him. I know. All right, OK, yeah. I accept that. But, but what is interesting, we're definitely going down a different route, aren't we, of embracing... We've, we've gone from... Wenger absolutely not wanting to work with those super agents yeah. like Jarabshin yeah. to now us seemingly Edu being mates with all of them and like you know kind of absolutely I'm not you know accusing me of any kind of dodgy dealing let me be clear but it's a completely different way of working well, isn't shortcutting it? the process is, is yeah. maybe it's a two or three you know contacts to go and do your business for you I mean I'm, to be honest I'm more in favour of this than I am of not working with them because I think that you're just shooting yourself in the foot if you're not going to work with mm. the most powerful agents because they're going to attract the best players aren't they so I'm, yeah I mean I'm, it's not it's not the end of the world. It's not a huge issue. Do we think? What do we think of the um, the? Uh, I wanted to ask about the the Aubameyang miss as well. So first of all, the Lacazette miss, which was terrible. The Aubameyang miss was mystified. I was like, what was he trying to do? Yeah, I took it not... was wrong foot almost. Well, it was weird, wasn't it? Yeah. Is that just you just put that down to he's been out for three games? And I don't know, I'm never quite or... sure about his ring rustiness. I probably said it at the time, but it, it, I mean, surely they're training and they're playing. I mean, what what is the mm. difference? I Means he's an experienced guy. I thought that was a bit disappointing. I must admit, it was mm. weird, wasn't it? I mean, the header was quite close, and he got a bit of sticks in. Should have scored the header. I mean, that that you know, he wasn't a horrendous to, effort. It yeah. was, wasn't the worst effort. Should um, get it on target. Yeah, yeah. But we had two really good chances in the first. Very early on. Yeah. Very early on, and to not. It's like you compare us. I know I'm, I was about to compare us to Liverpool, but you know, I think most big teams, if they've had those chances away at Burnley, which you just would have combined one. One. Yeah. one. It's very our record. This it's weird, isn't it? So you talk about the concertine nature of the league, which is bizarre. It is incredible. Like if you if you. Win a game, you shoot. You can shoot up like three or four places. Like Spurs are now fifth, aren't they? Yeah. In that, in that are they four points behind Chelsea? Yeah. Think, infuriating yeah. victory over Man City. Um, infuriatingly lucky victory. I think they are. But it's so constant, isn't it? It's weird. And also our number of draws is just bewildering. Thirteen. Thirteen. It and is. the Premier League record. Do you know the Premier League record? No, I don't. What do you reckon it is in a thirty-eight game Premier League season? Is it? Did Leeds have about? 19 or 20? 17. Oh, 17. Oh, so we, we, we are, are going to be some record-breaking games. What was the Invincible season? 12, 12. 12. 26 wins, 12 draws. Yeah, 17, I looked up as well. Yeah, so we are well on the way yeah. to uh, breaking what a, a great Premier League record. record. Well, we well we've had as many losses. the most record number of games in Drawables. the season. <laughs> we've, um, we've lost as many games as Man City, though. Six games. Yeah, it's incredible. Is there any explanation for that? Apart from just... I don't know. I just think it is. It's a ve- it's a huge outlier, isn't it? The way that ev- everyone, no one seems to be getting any sort of run together. Whether it's you know Arsenal or you know Man United or Chelsea. I mean, you know Chelsea started well and then dropped away, and even mm. C- City now are in this sort of odd position where they they obviously not going to win the league, but they're so comfortable in terms of Champions League spots. What, what do they do for? And we're only, we're only just into February. I, I think it's just a very odd season. Mm. I, don't, I don't, I've got no. I don't know why. You, you know, do you do you say that the sort of Burnleys and Sheffield Uniteds of this world are much better than they were? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, think, I think that's there's a, some truth in that, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, think think so. Graham, like, I feel like the league. I feel like generally the Premier League is much better. Yeah, I think that those much much more even, though, much more even, yeah. isn't it? Apart from yeah, Liverpool. but, apart, well, but, but slipped, Liverpool I mean, have, have won every single apart game. Yeah, yeah, apart yeah. from them, we've incredible. slipped down into the pack, definitely. Yeah, Chelsea have slipped down into the pack. Spurs have gone off. I mean, all the teams that were. Champions League, they're in thereabouts every season. Have got. I still, worse. I still I mean, think though, when when Arsenal move the ball well, they can do things that Sheffield United and Burnley cannot. Mm. You know, there is still much more quality, I think, anyway. In well, that Arsenal goal squad. against Bournemouth, the twenty-two pass goal, right against Wolves, was was fantastic. But then, did, did you see on on the Sky coverage they put up the stats saying we're, I think we're top of the league of how many passes we have before we score, to which. Um, I think Graham Sooners went, that's nothing to be proud of because Liverpool are like, you know, fourth or fifth. That is interesting. I feel mm. like that's part of the whole draw because we're taking, I mean, under Wenger famously, we were always taking too many touches. Now it's become ridiculous. Like now we're, I feel like we're going through, we're, we're taking more control over games. I mean, yeah, even yesterday, I think we had 58% possession. It didn't feel like we did. But no, it didn't, but they were, yeah, the possession stats were But a lot of it, but so much of it is passing back and passing across and there's a lot of that. And I'd rather they had some control over the game than when under Emery we were facing 30 shots a game. But I feel like we've gone completely the other way. That, and I feel that's why we're drawing so many games. I feel like they're kind of... 
they're not really stepping up somehow. They're kind of there's a kind I don't know. There's a fear still about them. I, I, th- I think as, as you mentioned before, I think Arteta's coming and the first thing is don't lose games and yeah. try it. You know, and that was an issue earlier conceding goals and, and Arsenal are certainly better on that front. Yeah. But and if you're glass half full, that is the step to building a team. Is, I think is so. you start off by. I mean, George Graham did it brilliantly. You just you yeah, know, you, you didn't lose games and then you've always got a chance of nicking. It. Unfortunately, we don't look that. Brilliant going forward. Well, that's strange, isn't it? Because like, we're if, now talking if we, about if, one or two yeah, opportunities. If we like, were talking about this at right, right at the start of the season and last season, we said, well, at least we can score. Yeah, yeah. Because that's it's that weird. Was, that was yeah. sort of the case, wasn't it? It's like, well, at least you've got <coughs> you know X, Y, Z you can put in there. To be fair to so Albino, Albino, the, the Arsenal supporting stats guy, yeah. stats dude, had this um, interesting thing in the shots per game for Arsenal. It, under Emery, it was twelve point five. Went down to ten under Freddie. Now it's nine point six under Arteta. But shots we allow. Against us, Emery was 16.8, down to 13.8 under Freddie, now down to 12.4. So I feel like I'm giving Arteta more credit for minus four, almost five goals fewer we're, we're shots rather we're conceding per game, and only two fewer in terms of shots because so I feel like actually, closed, yeah, right. that's so a bit of progress. It's pro- I feel it is progress <laughs> for me. Like we've needed to sort out the defence for years and years, haven't we? And for some, and I think I'm giving, I am giving him a huge amount of credit for somehow getting fairly decent. It's the same players, same players, right? Games out. I mean, out of the Mustafis of this world, they are playing better. It's the team. I think it's the collective. It's the right. way that the midfield aren't allowing those breaks that were exposing us the whole time. Those tactical fouls, like other. T- I mean, it's just you know, it's maybe more sensible for. Yeah, I think there's, than there's, it's been there's, there's definitely, definitely a strategy. Yeah. I can see the thing that gives me a bit of grounds for optimism is that there's a plan there, there's a strategy there, and they're trying to do mm. something. Whether they haven't pulled it off yet, but it's it's early doors, and I feel they're moving slowly in a direction of travel that they weren't moving in for the last year. That's Otherwise, I can't be overly optimistic, but that's sort of my middle ground optimistic. And I can see us doing something, whereas before I just couldn't see anything. We'll talk more about what we think is happening with the Arsenal under Arteta after this break. And we're back from the break. Graham, what's your feeling in general? Do you think, you know, did yesterday's um, team selection and performance, bearing in mind we were unlucky to do Saka, I think. We have to, we have to, it has been unlucky. We've been, I've been saying this for weeks, Arteta. As new managers go, compared to Jose, Jose's having all the fucking luck in the world. Whereas, whereas I feel like, you know, Mikel's having a bad time with injuries. And, well, we're on to our fourth choice left back yesterday. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. And there was no option. I mean, right. you know, putting Xhaka... And as soon as you put Xhaka out wide, I mean, you're not going to get any attacking threat. So my big... So the good question is, did just, is yesterday just an outlier and just a kind of um, uh, a blip in the Arteta history? Or what's your feeling about him generally? Do you think that he is... Do you think we're getting carried away with what we've been saying about him on the spot, we've been very positive about him. We've been accused of being too positive. Is yesterday proof that we're being too positive and we should kind of rein it in a bit? Or is it just a blip? Due to very I think it's work in progress. Arsenal, to me, is a bit of an oil tanker and um, the time that it takes an oil tanker to turn around is probably about, in football terms, is how long it's going to take to turn this round. And I'm sort of quite pleased in a way that we didn't get that new manager bounce and win the first three games and everyone's sort of, you know, singing Arteta's name from the stands. I'm quite pleased that it's just been a bit more slowly. I have, you know, as I just said, I have noticed a, a, definitely a change in the way that we play, a change in style, a change in attitude, and that's it. I mean, I can't mm. get overly excited, but I think he's a good guy. Um, I like what he says. I like the cut of his jib and early doors, but, you know, I'm not going to rave about it, but, you know, I don't want to get too overexcited, but I'm, I'm confident. Just because you are, as Boy said, the PR guru, a lot of people made a lot of his first press conference and the way he speaks, and I think journalists, Dan might be able to agree on this, but certainly the Arsenal journalists I speak to seem happier to have to now deal with Arteta rather than the difficulties of an Emery press conference. How do you think he's come across? Well, he's a great communicator. I think he's very honest. He often says when he doesn't think we played well, he'll say we haven't played well. You understand what he's saying for a start. And he seems to have quite a, you know, with journalists anyway, puts, you know, seems quite relaxed and seems to relax them quite a lot. I wasn't sure yesterday he started going on a little bit about the grass and the length of the grass and and not not watering it properly. It was 
kind of like a Wenger-like yeah. comment as well. It's a very subtle technical detail that you might have otherwise missed. You know, and that was a bit of an well, excuse. All the, all the, you know, in. the focus is on that today, isn't it? You listen to the phone-ins and, and, and you look at message boards and, uh, you know, there's a lot of focus on that. It's a bit of deflection. It's a bit of Wengerism. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, even Pep is, you know, his teacher yeah. down the road was Absolutely. saying about how... Yeah, he's talking about the, the Premier League. Boss saying it stuff. was no yeah. fun when you that's know, what City you do on the title by 18 points and I think he's impressive I think, I think you can tell he is a, a leader of men and I was never quite sure with Unai and that might be a language thing but you, you can imagine Mikel standing up in front of a group I mean uh, apparently he, he visited the various different departments yeah, right, within right. Arsenal and so on and you can imagine he, he commands attention and respect straight away from what I know when he was at the club and I, and I interviewed him twice he, he was a guy who was not one of the lads but still had a lot of respect and, and was a not a rabble rouser, but someone who spoke with measure and again commanded respect. And when he first came to the club, I think he, him and Per Mertesacker joined at the same time and, and changed little things in in dressing rooms and and you know you know the way that they went about their sort of daily business. He's he's, he's he does a lot of things well off the pitch, and you hope that he's got that tactical sort of acumen and, and footballing brain, which I'm sure he has. Yeah, and, and, and the lack of experience has never fussed me. I don't, no, you know, I, it's, it, I'm, I think that some, sometimes can be quite an advantage as well because you don't get stuck into doing the mm. same thing that hasn't worked before. Um, and you try stuff that you don't know that you can't do and that naivety sometimes can, can, can be really good. You see it with the kids, actually. You've got the naivety of youth. Mm. Yeah, sometimes they get caught out, but most of the time they're fearless and they go for things. And Yeah, I, th- I think we, I think we saw that at, at Chelsea. I mean, I know he was going to bring on, was it Rob Holding, because of the, the, the sending off mm. the David Luiz, and then he just waited for a second. Now, 99% of, of, of coaches, managers, you know, a centre-half gets mm. centre-off, you put a midfield there, midfielder there for, for a few minutes, and then you change it, mm-hmm. and you step back, and, and he thought about it, he got him ready, and hang on, I've got a response here, so mm. I'm going to go what I see, kept the shape, and that massively worked out. Agreed. I mean, Ozil stayed on the pitch. Well, he's going to get the hook straight away, but he stayed on the pitch just just for the shape of the side, I think. And it, it sort of snookered sort of mm. Chelsea and, and Lampard, who probably did a job on Arteta when they met at Emirates. I thought it was the other way around at, at, uh, at Stamford Bridge. So so you're right. I, th- I think he's you know he he does do things a little bit differently. He does take his time over substitutions, doesn't he? I mean, he has. I've seen him change his mind over substitutions quite frequently. Yeah, we did it about three times. Yeah, it? which I think is. I mean, I have no problem with it. I mean, yesterday I have a slight problem with how long it took to bring on Pepe, as I've already said. But um, but generally, I think it's better that he's being thoughtful. I guess. What were you about to say? He didn't bring on Pepe at all. He didn't bring on Pepe. Sorry, he didn't bring on Pepe at all. You're right. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, Graham, you mentioned earlier about how this season is almost pre-season for next season, and you had to experiment potentially with the kids. But from the brand point of view. Arsenal, I just don't think we're really like Arsenal not having European football for the first time since what, 93, something like that. God, I don't know, yeah. I mean, that be. is unthinkable. I mean, but it's I've, looking I've more, never it's known looking more likely than but that, unlikely. It, you can't, I mean, talk about being out of the Champions League, damaging the club and the brands, out, being out of Europe entirely. That, you know, I mean, we have to, I just think our biggest hope is still probably finishing six, seven. Uh, yeah, I mean, there'll, there'll know, be a. Win the Europa League, still going to be a chance. There'll be a perverse pressure on Arsenal next season if, if yes. not in European football, simply because Leicester and Chelsea both won the league when they didn't have any European football mm. in the last few years. Mm. Which is an interesting point, yeah. So some yeah. be like, I mean, ah, team- you know, there's the like, yeah, well, this is a massive opportunity because, you know, it happened to those two clubs more recently. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm weirdly zen about. I mean, I kind of feel we will finish. I think we. I feel like particularly well, we've got this two week um, gap now. Two holiday week in holiday, Dubai. right? In holiday Dubai. in Dubai. Yeah. Nice pictures coming out today of yeah. all the team on the beach. Yeah, their partners are welcome. Yeah, they can have lovely. a lovely, relaxing time. But also, I feel like he's had a very hectic schedule, hasn't he? As soon as he arrived, he had game after game after game. Yeah. And, you know, he had to almost like, you know, he was training them at the Emirates and, you know, just just then so they'll be in two games in 40 hours. Now, he's got two, it's, the contrast is extraordinary, isn't it? He's gone from hectic whirlwind as soon as he arrived to two weeks with the players. Now, I'm fascinated as what he's going to do because I almost feel like he went with the Urzels and kept the Lacazette going despite his He's form. got experience back right. in Right, I feel he? like he's kind of kept with the experience, best in quotes, best players. And that felt... Totally logical, but I wonder what he's going to do now with two weeks with them to do what he wants to do and to really fathom out the best, you know, tactical formation, the best team selection, all of that. What is going to happen in two weeks? So, I mean, do you think? Do you think? My question is: Do you think all that all that that forward line? Do you think 
Lacazette is living on borrowed time? Do you think he, he has to drop him really and he has I, to? I think it depends on how he wants to play. I mean, the, the thing with Aubameyang is you look at his goal-scoring record and it's just phenomenal. Hmm. So how do you take him out of the picture? But he is he 30? He's 30 now, isn't 31, he? Yeah. 31 now. Yeah, it's just 31, isn't he? So, and and you potentially could get some resale value on him in the summer. So do you go with him or Lacazette is 28? Hmm. Um you know, do you keep one of them? You'd like, you think he has to. Do you keep both? Maybe not. You know, Pepe's 24. Um, Martinez 18. So, mm. I, I, I think... And, and the yeah, Pepe, yeah. you seem quite um, bullish about. I'm very pro-Pepe. I mean, I, you know, I just feel... I mean, if you look at the... I think his contribution... You know, I think he provides something we haven't got, we haven't had for a long time. Are you, are you, are you suggesting that for, for the rest of the season, he, that's what he starts to look at now? Does he start yeah. to plan without Absolutely. potentially one of those two or both I of those think, two? Or? Yeah, for me, I think he has to plan. If you, I think if you really stand back and look at it, Ozil has to not be first choice. I think that's. I think he's yesterday's man. I just think you know. I mean, there's been enough evidence um, from the club and how he plays that he's not the future. I think Willock. And Pepe are the future. Pepe has to be the future because you can't spend that amount of money on him, you know, and then not try and make it work. And I feel like he has, he's going to try and make it work. And I also think he's a really exciting prospect. I mean, I think we really missed his, you know, his corners, And by the way. Yesterday. Yeah, yeah. His that's corner true. taking is just that's phenomenal. True. So all of that, I've, I've absolutely picked Pepe. Um, and I, and, I've, and I, so definitely... Pick those so over. Who would you, so who would you take out of? I, t- I think. I mean, I've been Lacazette. You know, I've been staunchly defending him. But but he's the one to go. <laughs> I think. I but think then when you say go, leave in the summer. If you could, if you're gonna if you're gonna lose one of Aubameyang or him, then yeah, yeah. But you don't ha- you, you, don't, don't have you don't have to. Have to. Well, I mean, yeah. I'd be happy for them both to stay. By the way, even I mean, if we end up not getting a fee for one of them in. Yeah. I mean, you know, you have to be mature. But I'm, I'm very, yeah. I'm a very immature fan. I like, lo- I love these. You know, I love Lacazette and Aubameyang as a duo. You know, I've got my yeah. photo with them from but when I'm. I think them. the fact is, if and they're Lac- best mates. But if Aubameyang won't sign a contract, sure, then they'll sell him in the summer because they'll get 25, right. 30 million from the summer and they'll get zero from that is anything what after. Hundred percent. That. That would be the club's attitude. If we're going in for players like Cedric at, you know, a bit of value, I don't think we're going to be allowing someone like Aubameyang to leave without a fee. Oh God, yeah, no, you've got a hundred percent. But I think I think he's somehow the club captain. I mean, he's the club again, captain. I yeah, they'll make more effort to keep him than Lacazette. I think they make more effort to keep him than Lacazette. Yeah, I do, and I wonder whether I mean, even Lacazette, even with I think the age Lacazette thing. is a little bit of a blip. I think hold your breath on Lacazette. That's what I'll say. I'd like to agree. I, I'd like to hold it's my. It's too breath. good. It's quality. He's, he is quality, he's, he's, and in, he knows what he's doing. He's, I, I feel sorry for him. He's still working hard. Yeah. and these things tend to pay off. And it's completely mental, isn't it? It's also, like we're it, not scoring a lot of goals as a club at the moment. No. So. You know, all it takes is a little bit of a run. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why. I just, I mean, you look at the. I was looking at the odds yesterday. We, we were like even money. We weren't offered even money to beat Burnley. And I'm like, we've played 24 games prior to yesterday and won six of them. How are we going off? But all it needs is a little run of, of, yeah. of games now. That and, and we do have potentially. There's a good run coming up. Isn't games it? now, yeah. and it, but just, we said this <laughs> in the Emery yeah, period. Yeah, yeah, you remember no, after no, Christmas? But this is the first time under Arteta we go. Okay, you've had your two weeks. I know. Sunshine. Yeah. Go. Yeah. We have got to hit like hit the, the ground running we get back I mean we do got to I mean the idea we've won six games and it's February yeah, it, it's, you'd be disappointed if we won six away games and it's February and, and most seasons gone by even under the great Arsene Wenger so yeah it is unbelievable are. yeah but I also think he's going to be I think there's two things isn't he? he's got to we've got to get a winning run together and do well in the Europa League and all of that invariably a big winning run you feel like one of Lacazette <laughs> and Aubameyang is going to click into gear and hopefully it's Lacazette because it's the longer it goes on the more you so what worry would you, about his confidence Dan what would you do what would your front line be what would you how would you mix keep the yeah it's tough isn't it I, I think at some stage Martinelli will be taken out of the firing line a little bit I think I think yeah. you, you, you I think Michael might go back to sort of Aubameyang left mm. Pepe right mm. Lacazette through the centre mm. and Ozil in behind well, you've, uh, see, I think I think Martinelli for, might might start to become a sub again. But the player that did look like he was going to start right most times under Arteta instead of Pepe before he got injured was Reese Nelson, who yes, should be back and after the winter and break. Yeah, he's, he's, and I, I would I, I'm, I would be tempted to start him ahead of Pepe. I mean, I, I really. Yeah, I mean, for Pepe, for me, I get excited by Pepe because we paid £72 million. For yeah, the, the price but, tag puts a lot of excitement. But I'd look at him and I honestly think if he was a £20 million player. I could I could very easily see that more than I can see him being a seventy million pound player, um, and you know for me Reese Nelson 
excites me more than, than Pepe does at the moment to have in the team. I think really? he's a better player for the team and a better Arteta-type player. Interesting. Okay. I'm not suckered in by the 72 no, million. Okay, I am suckered in by the oh, I'm suckered in by I, what I get suckered in by the I think he's, he's, I'd think, play him. Yeah, I, I think, think he's had some great I think, moments. I think not he's Nelson? better than Nelson at the you moment. Think? Yeah, I think at the moment. No, Nelson's ceiling, we don't know what that is. And he, he, he you know, uh, I, I don't... I don't buy into his season in Germany as much as some because it started well and then it sort of petered out a little bit and he was a sub more often than not and he's had injury issues this this yeah. season so it's difficult I agree totally with that I think Martinelli will come out of that starting yeah. and, and, uh, and that's a bit of a Wenger thing to do to pull the younger guy but yeah. Mikel Arteta has given him a massive opportunity and by and large he's taken it it was quiet on Sunday okay that happens I think we'll I mean I playing I, I, might be partly due to the setup. I think yeah. more than anything because yeah. that, that play, you know he was playing but yeah, everyone, and you've got to be protective of him as well I mean yeah. you know we want to see him playing stuff and he'll want 18. to play every single game but it, you've got to manage him also yeah. he can play him in the cup games can't he he can play him in the FA Cup yeah, you know which, Portsmouth to come and, and the Europa maybe Euro, two Europa League games yeah. within you know the yeah. 11 days yeah. after we're back yeah. so he's definitely going to get game time and opportunities you're not going to affect his confidence I mean he will, he will know that he's, he is he the wouldn't have dreamt of being on the bench I mean for, I mean, never mind starting Premier League games it's been an extraordinary yeah. like, rise yeah. well, and also would you would you sit with him yeah I, 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 I like Willock but the same rules apply and I would still heavily feature Ozil between now and the end of the season and then you know you, you see what happens with him because he's still got an awful lot of quality um, and Willock can still have off days but I, I mean I thought Willock at Bournemouth was brilliant he was man of the match for me by a stretch I don't know if you and what you make of that story last week with Ozil and deadline day and having an off I, yeah I, I, don't, I don't know if that was true or not I mean it was an odd one because we all the, the whole discussion about is as well who can afford him who, who well they can obviously mm-hmm. um, I know that he likes London we've had this conversation before and I think he wants to stay in the capital. But you know, if if you if from an Arsenal point of view, you could make it difficult for him to stay, and and maybe if you know, and if he was got still two, here, three years at, at, the, at that oh, rate yeah, as well, exactly. then, then exactly. you have to do it. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much truth there was in that. Mm. Um, but it was an interesting story because the whole thing about well, no one's going to pay his money. He might go to Turkey, and it might be a half and half situation. Mm. Was that an opportunity to get him off the books, not taken, or was it not real? Well, I like him, but for me, it was good while it was like, while it lasted with him, and I think we've got a we've got a yeah. end of the Ozil era for me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with that definitely. But I still think he's got a massive part to play this season. I think Mikel Arteta has, yeah. has, has looked at the senior players and and relied on them a little bit since he came since he's coming. Yeah. Well, he knows him as well. For yeah, of course he does. I mean, he played. Well. He, yeah. You know, he played with um with those obviously. Mm. So. Mm. Um, Gwen Doozy, uh, I, 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 I prefer Tourette. I mean, yeah. since, since, this was for since me Arteta like, came in, Tourette's played in his proper right, position. Right. It was yeah. weird. Again, that was like, why did he pick Gwen Doozy over Tourette? I didn't, I didn't get that. He played all right. At, he played all right, yeah, in the cup game. I think maybe from a height point of view. Maybe. Really? Just again, but big team. But Gwen Doozy doesn't head the ball. He can't head the ball. But he's tall. He's taller than... I mean, he's taller yeah. than Torero. Everyone's taller Everyone, than Torero. Yeah, I mean, yeah. even I'm taller than Torero, but yeah. he doesn't really contribute in the air. He's I'm not sure. scared you're, you're not of actually it. taller than Torero. I think, I think, you know, it's one of those things where officially he's taller than me, but look, he's tiny. How tall are you? He's tiny. <laughs> I don't think... I'm five well, foot six, just about. Five uh, yeah, and a half, six. I think Torero's yeah. all right. Five, don't look at me like that. I think no, Torero, I'm just... Uh, I think Torero's officially five foot seven, but I, I don't think. believe it. No, I mean, no, it's ridiculous. He's tiny. He's added tiny like an inch to... Uh, yeah, I think so. No, no footballer wants to be considered that small, I don't think. So I think they have, you know... But, as I said right at the beginning, I can't fathom picking... For me, Emery's one of Emery's biggest issues... Biggest mistakes was constantly picking Guendouzi over Terrain. Yeah. And when he did play Terrain, he played in some odd positions yeah. and he played quite far yeah. forward on the... On as soon the as Arteta came in, he fixed that. And then yesterday, I thought like, that was a big contributing factor. How Well, what Wikipedia says five foot six. Oh, okay. Wiki, so that make him about equal. Well, are you going to go to the Arsenal Player of the Year? What didn't you go last year with? Um, you went to the Arsenal... I did, yeah. Years, yeah. charity event. Yeah, I, d- I think... get a photo with him and stand up straight and we'll see. Mm. Back That's to back. Point. Yeah. That's the photo we yeah. want. One of them. Mm. Yeah. You're back to back. I'll try and sort that out. Yeah. Yeah. I will. I will. Yeah. I love him. But I, you know, I just he'd be like my first pick every one of my first picks every game. I think he's he, such an important player yeah, to I us. Agree. He was already on his Instagram on the beach in Dubai yeah. showing drinking off drinking his uh, his coconut uh, water. Was it? No, no, no. He's drinking his that. Oh, the mac maca tea, whatever it is. Yeah, he had that on the beach. Uh, yeah. What's it called? Matcha. I don't know the one. Matcha. 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 Very highly caffeinated. Yeah, all the South American players have it. I want to say matcha, but I'm not quite sure. Okay. Yeah. Not Carabao. Oh, God, that's a good picture of him, yeah. yeah. Yes. He's got a very number of tattoos. I don't know who this, uh, I don't know who that lady is on his uh, leg. 
This is good for the podcast, this, yeah. Handing me his phone. I'm looking at Torreira's tattoo. Describe the tattoo. He's got, like, a weird, like, old woman baby figure on his arm. I've never noticed that. Really bizarre. We shouldn't probably say weird, because it's probably a member of his family, yeah? I mean, Dan, if that's not his mum on his leg, then I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely his mum on his grandmother. Yeah. Anyway, it's good to see them getting some rest and relaxation. Did you see... like Claire Baldy. Did you see, there's a big contrast, isn't there, between us and, did you see Liverpool? Obviously, Liverpool, um, uh, Klopp was asked, I don't know if you saw it over the weekend, you know, because you, when you go, they're, they're supposed to be playing their fake-out replay and mm. he's not getting involved at all. And he's taking them up, they're going off on their on their break. And he was asked, you know, are you keeping together? And he's like, no, like, we've seen enough of each other as it is. They're scattered to the wind, they can go wherever the hell they want. We're, he's having to keep our L lot together. Albeit I don't mind partners. that. No, no, I think, it's, I think no. it's a perfect opportunity, isn't it, to sort us out. To give him time to sort us out and get him, get them training as he wants them to. It's a new thing as a Premier League fan to have a. Kind it's annoying, of isn't it? I'm all in favour in theory, but two weeks without Premier League football is fucking well, furious. Well, you don't. Know, it's, it's not two like weeks complete. It's two break. weeks without. I mean, the the, without the break spot, staggered. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. which is a bit odd. So it's but a break, but it's not. A break. Two weeks of great pictures on Instagram of all the players posting every day or video Instagram stories every day of them in Dubai. I mean, I'm looking now, forward to that. Exactly. Now you put it <laughs> in that. Almost Graham, as much as the football. Now you put it in that. I'm absolutely fully in favour of it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be following. I, mean, following I don't think they're going to be. I don't think the training is going to be. I mean, it's going to be a break, isn't it? You know, I mean, families are there, are they, and that sort of stuff. But they are all together. They're all. They're. they're yeah. yeah, he's definitely. Yeah. Like, so then, are, the, are the families going like? Are they just there for the first sort of four or five days, I, I, and then I don't know the, the yeah. hard business of football and I training. Don't, I mean, I don't. Takes I, I don't. Do you think, think it's like conjugal visiting? Do you think they're allowed? You know, it's like. <laughs> 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 loads of kids yeah. in nine months time yeah. as a result yeah. from from all of this Possibly. yeah yeah did you see arteta this is what i noticed at the weekend on on close a close up he's got a tattoo on one of his yeah, fingers it's interesting it's like a ring finger no yeah. it's like it's like a ring it's on like his a, finger it's like yeah. a tattoo of a ring or something yeah, yeah. it's weird it's i wouldn't have had him down as no at all i don't know why especially not on your finger yeah that's quite dan next time you see him next time you bump into him i spotted that as well yeah yeah yeah. I have to say I'm really looking forward to the uh, the the thing that Dermot does. I'm not sure if Dermot's hosting it this year, so I'm not sure if I'll get to go. But I really I do want to meet him and say hello. And he's a very very him. impressive guy. I mean, the story I always tell about um, uh, Mikel Arteta. I don't think we've got time for this one. Go on. Um, we've got time. This, this, is it, the, this is the ending of the podcast. Oh, right. <laughs> well, I interviewed him twice and once. It was like a sit down thing after after a game, and the other time was at West Brom. Um, a good few years ago, and uh, I was asked to do his interview for the program notes, and um, uh, I, I got given questions by the editor of the program, Andy, who said, "Look, you know, get, can, can you get him on this, 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 as well as the game?" And unfortunately, it was it was the the um, the time of the Bataclan terrorist uh, mm. attacks, and obviously, Paris Paris Saint Germain, and 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 whatever. So he said, "Could you know? Could you just ask, you know, ask him about this? Because you know." He, Still got links with the city. Where I said, "Yeah, that's fine." So it's going to be quite an, you know, mm. toughish interview for sort of dressing room after a, or after a game. Anyway, so I thought, well, I hope he's in the starting line. It wasn't in the starting line. I thought, oh, this is going to be hard talking about the game and bathing on. Um, and then uh, he came on in the second half. Oh, that's all right. And he'd just come back from injury, so that's quite nice. Um, uh, then he scored his own goal, which obviously wasn't great. Then he came off injured. Which obviously wasn't wow. great either. So uh, then I was asking him about terrorist attacks after the other. Oh, go, but but he was absolutely fantastic. So the question I'd always want to ask him is which brand of haircare? <laughs> <to use? laughs> yeah, well, I mean the hair far. is extraordinary. But, but which brand? I mean, yeah. you know, certainly yeah. from a commercial point of view, my PR yeah. hat on. I mean, that's that's yeah. where. And I wonder if he so. has his ha- a hairdresser, a kind of permanent, like Melvin Bragg, Lord Bragg. Um, I, I I know his hairdresser is a key figure in his life. He goes to the South Bank Show Awards every year, mm. which I'm part of, and um, it's a big thing. I wonder whether Arteta has his own personal hairdresser who's there kind of all time just to make sure that but incredible it's, coiffed but It's a thing. product. It's very, very product-led. Yeah, it's product-led, really product-led, but it's also a very solid cut, though, isn't it? It's like a thing on his head, like a... You know, yeah. it's compared to what is it to to a, like a Lego thing? Isn't to it? me, I've just been surprised from a media point of view that no one's really got to grips that's, with that. That is your PR, that's, that's PR guru. Emery didn't have this. No. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, Emery famously was lambasted by people for being all kinds of things. Greasy, haired. Yeah, people are... Oh. I, people can't, I can't talk about hair, so, you know. I mean, you know. you're looking at the... <laughs> 
Texas. The boldest man in the world. Follically. Ballistically. Oh, yeah. very good. Follically yeah. <laughs> challenged Arsenal yeah, podcast. Yeah, I think we've descended into um, into nonsense. Are you, are you looking forward to a week off then? No. I mean, well, we are taking, we've got mid-season break for the podcast. Obviously, there's nothing to talk about. Well, you're going to Dubai now. I mean, I feel like yeah. it. I feel like going to Dubai and watching them with their... With their tattoos, um, having a good time. Yeah, I'd love to. Newcastle. But sadly, with their tats out. Yeah, with their tats out. We've got uh, Newcastle as the next actual game, isn't it? On mm. the 16th of February. So, yeah, we're not going to do a podcast afternoon. next week. No. Sunday afternoon, 4.30. We're going to do a prediction two weeks in advance. We have no fucking idea who's going to play, what it's going to do. Maybe we'll change the whole tactic. Maybe we'll play 4-3-3 or something, you know. Who knows? I mean, he won't. Well, he's, stuck, he's stuck with that he's same formation with it, isn't he? every I meant to ask that because so I'd like to see him try 4-3-3. He's done a 4-2-3 yeah. one every single game. He has. Um, what do you think is going to happen, Dan? Well, I'm always very, very optimistic, <laughs> yeah, yeah, as, as always. <laughs> Newcastle are a strange side, aren't they? Yeah. Um, and they have had some half-decent results, but they're terrible to watch, I think, whenever I've seen them on the telly. But they, did they nick a win against Chelsea after being battered all game not so long yeah. ago? Hayden's um, Yeah, that's right. Yes, he did, didn't he? Um, Paul McGann. Yeah, mm. Uh, mm. yeah, good bloke. Um, I, I, look, it's an Arsenal win. It's Newcastle at home. It's got to be. They could be the only club we do the double against this year. Oh, yeah, we beat them early on, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll go for a 2 0 Arsenal win. Graham? I fancy us to win. I think the break's going to do us good. We're feeling quite confident, quietly confident. I think they're going to be a bit rejuvenated. They'll have lovely tans, that's for sure, from a couple of weeks in Dubai. They'll have obviously enjoyed their conjugal rights. I mean, they can't (laughs) fail. I say 3 0. (laughs) Josh? I think we'll win 1 0. I mean, I, mean any, I feel ridiculous. We've won six games if this year. Us, I feel nervous saying it. What we're and talking I about yeah. with the goals and they haven't been calming in. Like I know. I, if I any of us had it, it's all going to be. Arsenal will be what one to two to win <laughs> the game sure, or yeah, two to sure. five. I wouldn't be putting any money on it, but yeah. I do think and hope that. If we're I had come any sense, I'd, I'd predict a draw because obviously that's how fuck. That's how. That is the route to financial success. Boldly predict a three-one victory. Yeah. Fantastic. What score do you predict? 1-0. One 1-0. One okay. Can I just mention before we go? Yes. I mentioned it very briefly last week. I'm putting on this charity oh, yeah. football tournament at the Emirates ahead Amazing. of the Arsenal-Everton game. So we're going to be in the Arsenal hub ahead of the game. So if anyone wants to come down, have a game of football with Nigel Winterburn and Perry Groves is going to be there. Two fantastic charities, North London Hospice uh, and, and a high cancer care. So if anyone wants to come, just email me, info at playwithlegend.com. Uh, quite a few people did reply to me uh, for mentioning on the podcast last week. So please do get in touch. Uh, we'd love to have you come down and join us for a couple of great courses. Lovely. Uh, do that. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back, I guess, like after the Newcastle. 17th of February. Yes, we are taking a mid-season break. Um, Graham, thank you very much. Dan, Thanks, pleasure as ever. And Josh, and we'll be back then. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.